0: Welcome to the Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast with Pastor Mark Holm, helping you to apply faith to your everyday life. Pastor Mark is the senior pastor at the Log Church in Crosslake, Minnesota, as well as the executive director of Faith at Home Ministries.
1: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Here We Are so here we go podcast and I couldn't be more excited today although I don't know if excited is the right word cuz this is probably one of the most difficult topics so far in this podcast that that I am going to be that we're going to be entering into and it has to do with something that I was completely unaware of as of even almost just a year ago if you would ask me about this a year ago I maybe had some, some thoughts that oh yeah, that, that there may be something that may be happening, but I had no clue at the level that is going on that this is happening at. And it's even being called a silent epidemic by many today, and that is something that is called estrangement. And and what in the heck is estrangement? Essentially, I mean, we're gonna hear from the expert on this here in a second, but my understanding of it is essentially a lot of adult children are walking away from their parents. They're almost like divorcing their parents. Now it's a little bit similar. We know the story of the prodigal son, but the prodigal son walks away from his dad, goes and spoils all his money, takes his, he doesn't want anything to do with the family anymore, completely walks away. Doesn't even want to be a part of the, essentially give him my inheritance. I don't even want to be the, my name attached to you guys anymore. I just want to be done with you and then he leaves spoils, squanders the money, and then he comes back and all broken and, and disheartened, gets welcomed back by dad. So we know that we know that story. So this is something that is biblical too. It's in the Bible for a reason. This is a reality, but what I didn't understand is today, in today's culture and context, it is happening more and more often. It's not in situations where, and, and don't get me wrong, There are times where it's good, healthy for the adult child to walk away if they're in an abusive situation with their parents. This this has nothing to do with that. This is more for a lot of adult kids are walking away from their parents and they had healthy home environments. You know, no, now please know there is no perfect home environment. We all get that. But what this is, is a lot of adult children are just abandoning, divorcing their parents and saying, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And not even allowing the parents have access to the grandchildren. I mean, the layers of this goes on and on. And so, but instead of me talking about, that's just a little backdrop, everyone that's listening, but I got introduced to this. And then I was pointed to, somebody said, well, there's a guy out there. His name's Joshua Coleman, Dr. Joshua Coleman, that you need to read his book. It's called Rules of Estrangement. And friends, when I started reading that book, I was like, oh my good!" it was like lights came on. I was like, I was brought in, to some of, to be honest, some of the most painful stories that I've heard from parents. I mean, and I'm sitting there thinking, and at the numbers that this is happening at, we have people in our churches, we have people in our faith at home world that you could have done everything right. And that's the one thing we need to remember about the prodigal son story. There was nothing that that dad really did wrong that we're aware of. I mean, that dad was a good godly dad raising his kids in a godly home environment. And one child was great. Everything was fine with. But then he had this other child that completely walked away that became estranged. And and so it can happen in any household. And so then I thought, you know what? There were these webinars that this Dr. Coleman does. So I just signed up for those. And then at the webinar, you can put in questions as he's, it's like he's talking, he is talking directly with you as a group of people. But what I love about Dr. Coleman is he cares about each person that's tuned in and anyone can ask a question. So then I actually just started emailing him And he emailed me back i'm like what this guy that is the leading authority in this field that also trains other counselors in this field is now almost like a friend personally respond personally emailing back and forth with me so then i said would you be willing to do a podcast to talk about this and he actually emailed me back and said yes so friends i am overjoyed to be able to bring to your attention and to put on your radar dr joshua coleman who wrote author of the book Rules of Estrangement and the subtitle, Why Adult Children Cut Ties and How to Heal the Conflict. So Dr. Coleman, thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to speak to our community and to our people about this. So I probably didn't even give the best in it. If you had to define what estrangement is, well, first of all, tell everyone how you ended up first being introduced to estrangement because there's a personal connection for you in this.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for that very kind Mm. and generous introduction, Pastor. I I appreciate that. Um, Well, you know, sadly, I was introduced to the subject through my relationship with my uh, daughter, who's now in her late 30s and we're very close to, but there was a period of time in her early 20s where she cut off contact with me for several years. owing oh, to um, I was married and divorced in my 20s and got remarried um, in my 30s and have poised from that that marriage. But there was a period of time where my daughter felt very kind of sidelined and not as important. And so there was a period of time in her 20s where she cut off contact for several years, which was easily the most painful, awful, difficult thing that I ever went through or hoped to go through again. Um, and at the time, there was nothing written to, to help me. So it, I managed to find my way back to her by taking responsibility and showing empathy and not defending myself. And so eventually we did reconcile and we're close again. Um, But I felt like there was a need to to write a book on this topic. I'd already written a couple of books on other topics. Um, So I wrote my first book on it called When Parents Hurt, Compassionate Strategies When You and Your Grown Child Don't Get Along. And as a result of that, got a large following of estranged parents, both in and out of the United States, and so I've been, I've been kind of ministering to, if you don't mind my use of the word, uh, the past you know 12 years or so through webinars, and I do a free Monday Q&A at 11:30 Pacific, um, and um, lectures, and uh, my private practice, and it's just I've seen, you know, it is it is a silent epidemic, and it's affecting. As you say, Pastor, it's, it's you know, there's this myth in our culture that, oh, well, somebody must have done something pretty terrible for their adult child to cut them off. And yes, yeah, sometimes that's true. But I find that more commonly, it's not true that a lot of the parents who are getting cut off today are actually some of those dedicated, educated, generous, loving parents that have maybe have existed in almost any other generation. So So parents are understandably confused about that. And often don't know how to respond when their adult child says, well, you emotionally abused me, or you neglected me, or you know, you're know you not sensitive to who I am, uh, or I need to go no contact, or you're a narcissist, or you're a borderline. And the parent feels like, what? You want to know who an abusive parent? I am an abusive parent. Yours was a, your child was a walk in the park. So, <laughs> So a lot of what my mission has been is to help parents understand what's going on understand how much the families changed in the past half century. This is a subject of an article I wrote for the Atlantic a few months ago um, and kind of give them the tools because parents today really need tools. It's a different conversation than what we would have had with our parents.
1: Tell people too. one of the things that blew me away was how many situations now have you worked with that help provide you kind of. Put you in a position where you could really be a leading expert in this field. Tell, tell those that are listening, how many folks have you worked with in this situation?
0: Well, i probably worked with thousands. I mean, I currently have a 10,000 uh, member listserv, um, you know, that I built up. Um, I did a survey for the University of Wisconsin Survey Center um, from 1600 estranged parents that's recently been published in uh, one of the academic journals. I have another publication coming out in another academic journal through um, with colleagues at UC Berkeley. Um, so, you know, I've, since I've been doing this for the past 15 years almost, um, it's really, it's been thousands and thousands of, of families that I've interacted with. And because I do a free q and I'm able to reach people from all classes and ethnicities and, and the like. So it's, it really is a kind of an epidemic. And to your point, it, is, it does seem to be, to be growing. It's not, it's not going away.
1: Well, then let's go down the two different pathways. Let's first of all, go down the pathway of, based on your research, based on all these cases you have dealt with. As you are seeing it, why are adult children, what are the common reasons given, and I know there's a list of some, but why are you seeing that they are doing this? Why are they doing it?
0: I think it has to do with the way that family life has changed in in the past half century. That, That really up until, say, the 1960s, um, there was we still were operating from the premise that of honor thy mother and thy father, respect thy elders, families forever. And beginning in the sixties, we began to develop much more interest in identity and personal rights and individual rights. And then with the onset of the liberalization of divorce laws, um, you know, a lot more parents were getting divorced. And as a result of divorce, uh, in my in my own research something like 70% of the parents have been uh, divorced from a biological parent. And that's not the only reason, as I'll illustrate, but divorce definitely increases the likelihood. We become much more um, uh, individualistic as a society. Americans rank as the highest in terms of individualism, which means an emphasis on the self. What do I want? What do I need to make me happy? That's the most important thing. Um, The internet inflames things It allows people to form these communities where they can talk about narcissistic parents and going no contact and that kind of thing. So people get enormous emotional support. The role of therapists is also changed where therapists are supporting estrangement. Uh, So for all of these reasons, the the moral framework has shifted uh, in many ways really dramatically from being a framework that really supported family relationships, which is still true in many cultures worldwide and still true in some cultures in the US even, um, but become much more a culture of, of um, the moral framework is much more, well, does this relationship make me happy or feel good, or doesn't it? If it doesn't, then I, don't have any, I owe this person nothing. So this idea that, um, you know, that parents can give everything to their children and the adult child can feel like they owe the parent, Nothing is is relatively new, and it's also a huge a huge problem in our society.
1: So literally, some of these um, the thoughts is that because that's so hard for me to hear. You sit there and go, wait a second, because you you say I remember in some of your webinars you say you don't have to agree with my rules. These rules you don't have to. I'm not. You're not saying these are right. You're not saying these are even fair. That that's being that it's. But there is this idea of honor thy mother and father and that there is some sort of level that you're saying we're at a new playing field where that doesn't carry weight anymore. Um, Honor thyself is more important. What does it take for you to be okay? Is that kind of what it's being replaced with?
0: Yeah, honor thyself. Absolutely. Know thyself. And and that is the moral framework. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we assume there's always been estrangements, but never before has it been conceived of this act as an act of existential courage and strength and developing your identity and being a you know truly independent strong person so parents are now being kind of viewed as obstacles to growth and uh inner knowledge and that and that kind of thing um and that just makes it makes everything much more fragile Uh, the relationships with with parents are more fragile the relationships with friends are more fragile because everything's predicated on this idea that does this feel good or doesn't it feel good? If it doesn't feel good, then then you know it's probably bad for me, it's probably toxic. The person's probably gaslighting me, they're crossing my boundaries. They're a narcissist. All this language that has infected our culture um, creates enormous divisions. You know, we have incredibly high rates of loneliness and depression and anxiety and social isolation. And I think it's in part because of the way the family is being pulled apart and the way that we're all at war with each other.
1: And I remember it was so hard for me to hear because you're so right. I think for a lot of us, and I've seen this because I do I've been doing parenting conferences for the last 15 years, traveling across the world and talking to people about how to be faith at home parents and how to essentially and what I realize parents today, our generation that were parents, truly wanted to be better parents than the household we grew up in. And we 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 really worked hard and we soaked up everything we could. And I will say our generation as a whole, I do feel parented better than a generation and I'm not bashing the generations before but oh, right. we did a lot to really make sure our kids had it better and yeah. that we empowered them in ways we weren't empowered we provided in ways and gave things that we never had at their ages and access and then of course technology gave them so we we feel literally just like man we did this better they had a better home environment but I never walked away from my parent. The thought of walking away from my parents, I mean, divorce, no, I would have never done that. I mean, I didn't call them for a little stretch if I was ticked at them, but I didn't like that. So yeah. how can you speak into that? Like, how, how do we handle this? Because it really makes us mad. It would make our generation mad that we did this better. And now they're, I can only imagine how parents like that feel like, what, what do we do with that?
0: No, I, I it's a serious, it's a serious obstacle that I have to help parents work through before they do the work that I encourage them to do, which is often to reach out, write an amends letter, empathize with the adult child's perspective, take responsibility. It's really hard to do when your perspective is, you know, I gave you everything and now and you're telling me it wasn't enough. What more could you have possibly wanted? So and, and I think to your point, Pastor, that that in some ways we might have done too good of a job in making our children feel like it's all, you know, that they're great, and the world is their oyster. We really want them to develop their voice and their autonomy and their independence and their sense of self-possessiveness, because in some ways we've given them the wrong idea that they're more important than they really are. And I don't <laughs> want to, you know, make it sound like oh, these are just a bunch of bratty entitled kids. I think in many ways the younger generations, the millennials and the Generation Z, and um, you know, I'm a I'm a boomer. I'm guessing you are. Maybe you're Gen X. I'm not <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they have a harder time than we do. We we grew up, I mean, I'm 67. So I grew up in, you know, a period of unprecedented prosperity. And we've all felt rightfully that our kids would do better, but but they're actually not doing better. They're not. There's low social mobility. There's are all kinds of problems. There's global warming. So, um, so they have a right to be upset. They're just being upset with us isn't necessarily the right thing as parents.
1: And you mentioned in there that many of these, because I do think counseling also has risen, I think more, they did a better job at my, I'm talking my adult children's generation, mm-hmm. and being having access to counseling, and even going into, because depression is on the rise, mental health has gotten to be more prevalent, but also the the willingness to go into counseling, so they walk into counseling, what are you finding, because you talked about, though, actually, sometimes counselors can play a role in actually making the estrangement worse. Walk us down that a little bit further without bashing counselors. I'm not trying to do that, but.
0: Well, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a psychologist, so I, get, I can I can speak with authority on this, that yes, sometimes therapists will, they'll label normal, you know, disappointments in childhood, normal hurts, uh, et cetera. Uh, as emotional abuse, as trauma, as harm. And that's just very, very confusing to, 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 to some people. And it really can ruin a relationship and it can kind of provide a wedge between the parent and the adult child. The adult child can say, well, my therapist said that that was emotionally abusive. Or you're a narcissist or you have a borderline personality disorder or you're a sociopath or you neglected me and we have a lot of authority you know we're sort of the real new new ministers in society and we have enormous authority to say what was what's how things should have been and and shouldn't have been Uh, but the other problem is that so much of you know what what once counted as kind of moral behavior in terms of the honor of my mother and my father and the idea that It's appropriate to feel a certain amount of guilt and responsibility and concern for your parent. Now, nobody's supposed to feel any guilt. You know, nobody. You know, you know the idea that you feel guilty about not calling your parent, or, uh, or or hurting their feelings, or abandoning them. Well, you know, it's all supposed to be considered worth it because what really only thing matters is your pursuit of your own happiness and growth. And so, if you're abandoning them, well, they they deserve it. Well, they don't deserve it. But my field does enormous harm when they just help people to not feel guilty or responsible without actually seeing who that person is. Because I work every day, every hour with sobbing parents, typically mothers, but dads, too, you know, who you can just tell they have a good heart. They're a good person. And if they made serious mistakes, they're willing to make amends to me. That's the gold standard. You know, none of us are perfect as parents. And none of us are perfect as children. So if we have, want to have any kind of a society to live in, we need to be able to forgive each other and show compassion. But we're not, that isn't really the society we're creating. We're creating a society where it's really all about me and my needs and my own happiness and my personal growth. Well, that's not, it's not a way to run a culture.
1: So, if that's and I, you actually work and do a lot of uh, training for counselors, right? You tra- train counselors in estrangement. Uh, just share a little bit about what that's like, what you do there.
0: Yeah, I have this new um, training program with my with a colleague in the UK. It's called standing together.net. So, standing together.net. And my colleague is she's an estranged adult child. She's estranged, her parents estranged her. Um, so, we have a series of 10. Videos um, which offer estrangement to, to not only therapists but clergy, to coaches, um, to anybody who really wants to help other people deal with estrangement. What I really like about our program is we have we have both perspectives. We have the you know my perspective is the parent who was estranged, her perspective as the adult child who was estranged. We also have the generational differences. We're about thirty years apart, but we're both in agreement about what kind of needs, what kind of steps need to take place. I wouldn't consider Becca, my colleague, pro-estrangement. I think she also believes that people need to do due diligence, that they can't just write their parents a no-contact letter without really giving the parent an opportunity to repair and respond, to make amends, and to understand that she also believes, like I do, that it's important to show compassion and empathy. Um, So, but it's really useful that we have these very different generational perspectives that we bring to it.
1: And now let's go down that final pathway, which is, okay, you're a parent, as I think of a parent comes up to me in my church. And it's first of all, it's gonna be hard for them to even to admit or talk about so oh, I'm guessing one, we we have to do a better job in our churches of creating an environment where our tagline at our church is it's okay not to be okay. But then I'm going to talk more that if you have um, we have a prodigal tree in our our prayer room in our church, where Mm -hmm. if you have a prodigal adult child has walked away from the faith, you can go in there and put their initials on a tag or their first name or whatever you want, but be and then it it gets hung on this prodigal tree. And then our prayer team prays over those and we over those tags and those names. And we're constantly talking about then We have a book there that they can take when they when they go go forth from there that that -hmm. can help them and so we we want to create, and we talk about it fairly often so that people realize it's okay. Yeah. You're not alone. If you have a child that has, you have a, now this is a new language, an estranged relationship with, mm-hmm. what would you say now, walk us into the pathway. What do we say to parents that have that situation, did their best, um, are willing to, what, what do they need to do? And, and also, what should they not do? Because you're really good at that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With the low That's <laughs> the thing they should not do and then maybe what are a couple things they should do?
0: No, I'm glad you raised that because sometimes it's more important to not do the wrong things than it is to do the, the right things. Well the not not the things not to do are to defend yourself as much as you want to. guilt trip your kid about, you know even even if you don't feel like it's a guilt trip, remind them of how what a great parent you were even if you were even if a year before the estrangement they wrote you a letter saying you're the best mom or dad. Uh, ever don't explain it you know by saying well you know you were a difficult kid or I had a lot going on or as a single mom or any of those things you really just if you want to reconcile you have to be in a spirit of repair and empathy and compassion and understand the principle of separate realities which is that you can feel like you were you know objectively a great parent your kid could still reasonably feel like they wish you'd done it different so don't get into the right or wrong of it. And the most important thing is to try to find the kernel of truth. Your kid says, "Well, you were always so critical of me." You know, you don't 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 get into it. No, I wasn't. Say say, well, I, it sounds like I was more critical of you than I than I realized. Or it sounds like when I was critical, that was really hurtful to you. I'm really glad you're letting me know. So you really want to seek to understand, not to defend. As soon as you, you don't want to defend yourself because that's going to make your child defensive. Your main task. Is to help them not feel defensive, so they really feel like you really want to understand their perspective. Um, and if 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 you have no idea why they're doing it, you can say, well, "It's clear that I have significant blind spots that I don't better understand this, but I want to understand it. I know you wouldn't be telling me this unless you really." Felt like it was something um, important for me to understand. Can we do family therapy? Could or can you just explain more about it? And when they do explain, and you could say, not so I can defend myself, more just so I can so I can understand. Because typically, if the adults are there, are some that are where it's sort of really hard to understand. But most of the time, there is. There is a reason that if, if they'll allow the parent to understand there's a pathway to be understood you know the problem is for some adult children they're not really um they don't they're not ready to reconcile you know they need to blame the parent for how their lives have turned out they need to kind of have an identity that uh is separate from the parent, so they need to to not reconcile for that reason they don't want to open the door sometimes they're too negatively influenced <clears throat> excuse me by the person that they're married to what I call the gatekeeper son-in-law daughter-in-law sometimes they're brainwashed against the other parent after the case of of divorce sometimes they don't know any other way to feel separate from the parent than to to blame the parent so it isn't like even if you handle it differently I mean perfectly they're always going to reconcile but but if a kid is open to it and, and many are that would be the way to do it the way that I'm with what I'm describing.
1: And then you have this famous, it, it as I read your book, I was trying to think through it. And as you kept talking about this letter of amends, and oh. then you you do a good <laughs> job of showing how not to do it. And I'm just telling you, if I were in that situation, I would have done it exactly the wrong way. Um, and because <laughs> <laughs> because, and to, talk about this, because you've mentioned a couple of times too, this is a significant... One thing a parent could consider: how do you write a letter of amends? What's the right and wrong way to kind of go about it? Because right now, let's just say a situation, kid has walked away, adult child is no longer communicating with their parents, their, their parents. They they've blocked them on whatever social media. They don't take their calls or texts. And so it's it's gone silent between yeah. them. And the parent is not knowing what to do. They may or may not even know what the reasons are for it. You talk about, okay, don't get defensive, don't get, but there's a a way, this letter of amends that I was new to me to hear that. And so would you please share that with our our listening audience? What is that and what does that look like?
0: Sure. And first of all, it is really hard for anybody to to write these letters, right? Because there's so many landmines in the way that we just normally express ourselves. And for most people, friends, spouses, et cetera, you know, good apology. Is usually enough to kind of get you in and out the door and have things move towards towards resolution. Whereas the adult child, there's just so many other parts that have to be included and so many things that have to be let out, or left out. So one of the things I always start tell parents to start the litter with, which is really hard for parents to say, is I know you wouldn't do this unless it was. Unless You wouldn't do this unless it was the healthiest thing for you to do. Now, it's hard for parents to write because parents feel like, I don't think it's the healthiest thing for them to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I as a psychologist may not think it's the healthiest thing for them to do, but they feel like it is. So this goes to my principle that you have to do everything in your power not to make your child feel defensive and to help them feel like you're willing to understand it from their perspective they feel like it's the healthiest thing for them to do. You also want to put it to the language that is more common to millennials and Gen Z, who's the younger generation coming up uh, behind millennials. And that is you want to have it use words like, you know, it's clear that I haven't been, I mean, if it's true, things like I haven't been respectful of your boundaries um, or this was hurtful to you. um, And I want a relationship with you that promotes your happiness and growth. Uh, that kind of thing, because those are the principles that relationships are are now being built upon, not not duty, obligation, morality, responsibility, you know, that kind of thing. Then you want to do, you want to speak pretty directly to what the child's complaints are in a non-defensive way. If there are things that you actually know that you did wrong, just the more you can be, you know, um, very direct about that, the better, the, you know. So you don't. It's it, it's sort of human nature to not want to go as far as sometimes it's necessary to go. So what I often tell parents is, you kind of have to have blood on the tracks. I mean, it's got to, it has to show the adult child that it kind of cost you something to write it. None of us like, you know, doing that. So when I was writing my letter to my daughter, I had to kind of say, you know, there, there are ways that I clearly I failed you. That you you know felt like this was the right thing for you to do. That you know I didn't I didn't clearly do a good job when I remarried and helping you to feel like you uh, were a part of the family and and important to me. And I'm really sorry. You know, there's a bunch of other things I could have said by way of defense or explanation, but it would it would really just make her feel like I wasn't really taking responsibility, Ex- explaining, defending, blaming other people. It just makes it seem like you're not really, you know, seriously trying to make amends. So so when I say blood on the tracks, I mean that you have to say things which are hard to admit, you know, in, in AA, they talk a lot about, you know, admitting your char- your character flaws. I think that's another really great model of just kind of saying, yeah, I'm, this is one of the ways I'm just, I'm, I thought that was a mistake. That's a flaw of mine. Um, so whatever that is, the more honestly and directly and bluntly you can speak to it, without defending the more you're going to get your kids attention and then to show empathy i could see how that would have been really hurtful to you and i'm really i'm really sorry um so i think those are the most important principles
1: well you've given our listeners just a wealth i mean right now they are going to want more and that's the beauty of this podcast is leave them wanting more and that's why i wanted you to be a part of this and thank you because you have so much more to offer and so could you walk our listeners into how they can get more from you, how you are there to serve them? If they know someone who is dealing with this, how, where do they go? What do they, what do you have to offer to really help people? Cause in this, that are dealing with this estrangement.
0: Sure. So um, the best thing for them to do would be to go to my website, www.drjoshuacoleman.com. It's drjoshuacoleman.com, Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. Uh, and sign up for my free newsletter, The Coleman Report. Uh, probably about four times a week, I send out free information about estrangement. Each week, I have a different topic, typically tied to the webinars that I have on uh, Tuesday nights. I think doing the webinars is a great way to get um, get information. They're, they're not expensive. I have a free Q&A every Monday, almost without fail, unless I'm traveling at 11.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific, um, I have a Facebook, private Facebook group for estranged parents and grandparents, which is a really supportive uh, community of people. You can sign up for that at my website by clicking on the Facebook icon. Um, so if you can't afford my webinars, email me. I don't want anybody not to be able to attend because they can't afford them. Let me know, I'll send them to you for free. So, um, so you know, it's a, it's a people need a lot of support. And I think to your point earlier, Pastor, that, people don't realize how common it is because nobody wants to admit to it because people are all, all you know assume they're going to be blamed and shamed if they talk about it so it's good to have other people to talk to who are going through it oh and, and, and also yeah and, and the standings <laughs> together.net is the training program that people want to get get trained or certified in working with families whether you're in the clergy or a coach or a therapist
1: and I'm hoping we're uh, we're going to be starting a counseling center in our community and God has provided the funding and the facility for that because we don't have a, a counseling center a Christian counseling center in our town and uh, people have to travel about 40 minutes to get counseling and I'm going to make sure that whoever we hire is the director that either they or one of the if they're going to have other counselors working underneath them is going to get trained in your in your area and I will say Dr. Coleman and this is not from an outsider perspective Your resources, what you do on the web through that is so, I don't know how, What it's an example that literally I'm learning from like, man, I wish Faith at Home did that as well. You Mm -hmm. are personally, find a way to stay personal with parents. I watched the way you related. I mean, I watched your webinars and you're not just a talking head that's doing us. I mean, it's personal. And then the Q&A that you offer both a little bit during your webinar, giving a chance for people to put in questions, you respond to some of those. But then that, that Monday thing, I tuned into a couple of those, the questions that parents asked, Oh, broke my heart, but I could just tell, I'm so thankful that they had a place to go with those questions and that you took on all questions. So I just want to thank you, um, sir, for, for how well you are really serving people in this and I just don't know how you can serve this many people and it, it just continues and I know that now it's so good that you're training others so that they can they can serve them as well but I just want to thank you so much for being w- with us at our podcast I want to thank you for what you do Um, and you know you don't officially call it a ministry to me it totally is it's a total ministry it's your heart it's your passion and and your giftedness too and your experience is huge in guiding us and i know you kind of continue to adapt there's not a situation but i would say to any parent there is not a situation that you haven't probably seen heard addressed they can share anything with you and you've probably already heard it before so talk about a safe place to go so um again dr joshua coleman dot is it org or dot com
0: dr joshua coleman dot yeah.
1: com yeah thats is, its is, yeah We'll get you into kind of all the tools. I really encourage the book, Rules of Estrangement, a great read. What was the first book you wrote too? I forgot that title. Oh, oh,
0: when Parents Hurt, Compassionate Strategies When You and Your Grown Child Don't Get Along.
1: Jeez, I haven't read that one yet. I'm going to have to read that one too. So <laughs> I'll add that to my list, but I'm going to give you the final word, sir, of anything you'd like to share with our audience.
0: Well, well thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate the kind, the kind words. It really has become a, a mission. There's something about you know, going through something like this that really does sensitize you to what it's like to walk in those shoes. And it's not, it's a really, really painful place. So, you know, I, I really encourage parents to, to show compassion for themselves if their children are doing this, um, but also to try to find a way to reach out to the child in a way that that models that and know that if the child doesn't respond in a compassionate way or an open way it just means that they're not ready to do that yet and hopefully with time and prayer they will be able to so that would be my my final thought
1: and i will say that was a powerful chapter in your book too uh was when you talked about you even help parents of how to get through tough seasons when your kids aren't communicating with you how to get through like Christmas or birthdays, or let's say they give birth to a child and they don't communicate, whatever you even have counsel in that. So anyone, again, that's dealing with this, um, will get a wealth of, of assistance and, and I just think support at a time when it's needed. So everyone, again, this is Dr. Joshua Coleman joining us for our, here we are. So here we go podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you need more information or you weren't able to write this down, just contact me, mark at faithathome.com and uh, I'll send you Dr. Coleman's contact information, how to get to his website and all those types of things. God bless everyone. And thank you, Dr. Coleman.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Here We Are, So Here We Go! podcast with Pastor Mark Holman. For more information about this podcast, The Log Church, or Faith at Home Ministries, go to our webpage, herewego.fm. If you were blessed by today's episode and would like to financially support this podcast, please click on the support button at herewego.fm.